This is the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z, telling it like it is. Welcome back to the Truth Hurts program. It is your magnanimous, wonderful, well-versed host, Steve Z, a guy who belongs on major conservative commentary networks, but just hasn't found the right agent or the right door to put my foot into. Anyhow, just as you thought Joe Biden's lies about having COVID-19 under control were actually starting to come true, just as businesses were reopening and life was getting closer to normal, CNN has plastered the following headline on its internet platform. U.S. Coronavirus. Local officials sound the alarm over a possible wave of COVID-19 infections. Yes, they're trying once again to scare you into submission, scare you back into your homes and behind one, two, three masks, maybe. Local officials, according to this CNN website article, local officials are sounding the alarm over an increase in COVID-19 infections just as the nation prepares to celebrate a 4th of July holiday that many had hoped would mark the start of the resumption to normal life. That's what it says. In Arkansas, which has one of the lowest vaccination rates in the nation, cases are reportedly surging, according to officials. Arkansas has reportedly vaccinated only 34.3% of its total population. Over on the left coast in Los Angeles County, where the vaccination rate is slightly above the national average, Officials warned about a possible new wave of infections there, especially given the rapid spread of the Delta variant. More than 90% of active virus cases are reportedly in people who have not been vaccinated, according to Governor Asa Hutchinson of Arkansas. Dr. Anthony Fauci offered a glimmer of good news ahead of the holiday Americans can celebrate with proper precautions, he said. Well, I'm glad I have your permission, you little prick. He said, that is, if you are vaccinated, if you have a high degree of protection, if you are not, you should wear a mask and you should think very seriously about getting vaccinated. For those who received a Johnson & Johnson shot, Fauci said, clinical data currently do not show a need to administer booster doses. I personally disagree. Having received the Johnson & Johnson vaccination earlier this year, my most recent two blood center reports on COVID antibodies have proven negative. Either way, folks, Anthony Fauci added that the decision to boost may depend on local situations that will be decided at the local level. I told you about this, folks. I warned you. I said this virus bullshit would continue to rear its ugly head each and every time gropey Joe Biden or Camel Toe Harris screws up. And since they're screwing up on a weekly, nah, daily basis, they're going to keep throwing diversionary news stories at you to divert your attention away from the fact that they're effing up the whole nation. The need for the media to blow the doggy whistle on Democrat command is high. 
to divert your attention away from the utter failure of the gropey Joe Biden presidency. And that's fact. You might recall that last week, after more than 100 days in her position as the border czar appointed by gropey Joe Biden, Camel Toe Harris, cackling communist Camel Toe Harris, finally made a trek down to the southern border. Well, sort of. She did not go to where the major influx of illegal invading aliens are crossing. Nope. She went to a shiny new Border Patrol facility that was obviously all cleaned up and made pretty ahead of her visit. One week after the conclusion of her first appearance near the border as vice president, even supporters of the administration's so-called immigration policies are concerned that the trip was little more than a photo opportunity for the vice resident. Weeks before announcing her first official visit to the U.S.-Mexico border as vice president, Camel Toe Harris dismissed the notion that the grand gesture of an in-person trip was critical to addressing the root causes of migration from Central America. It was a photo op, nothing more, nothing got done, nothing will get done, and that's the fact, Jack. Her lack of follow-up or real solution proposals was disappointing, according to some officials who wish to remain anonymous for fear of her reprisal, for fear of her throwing a temper tantrum because they ratted her out. Some Camel Toe supporters said the reason it took her so long to visit the border was because, quote, the vice president's time is valuable and no one was expecting her to rush to the border half-cocked. After all, she's not Donald Trump, unquote. Oh, if only she was Donald Trump, things might be getting done. You know, like a freaking border wall. That will never happen under Camel Toe Harris, because the Biden-Harris administration's number one, first and foremost, primary focus is to undo each and everything that Donald Trump accomplished as president. It was a photo op. She had no intention of going to the border, said Tom Homan, former acting director of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. He said this in an appearance on Fox Business immediately after the trip. He said she should have gone to the epicenter of the chaos, and she didn't. It was a photo op. Harris and the White House spent months dodging requests for her to visit the U.S.-Mexico border after she was ceremoniously announced as the administration's point person on, quote, stemming the migration to our southern border, unquote, as Gropey Joe put it back in March. Harris's appearance at the border last week entailed a trip to a U.S. Customs and Border Patrol processing facility in El Paso, Texas far away from the major points of illegal immigration. She also accessed a screening area for asylum seekers at the Palo de Norte port of entry. Paso de Norte. whoop de freaking do She did not see what is happening in Nogales, in McAllen, or any of the other points of illegal invasion, entry en masse into our nation. She was given a guided tour for a photo op at a staged facility, period. 
But don't worry, those on the left, the sheeple, and the mainstream leftist media will tout her trip as a success, saying that she made a difference. Mark my words, boys and girls, she did not. And from the what the hell is wrong with people files, Newsweek reports McDonald's boss lost eye after fired employee's dad attacked him with a rake. Or my headline, would you like eyes with that? A Missouri man was found guilty of assaulting a McDonald's manager with a rake after his daughter was fired by the fast food restaurant earlier that same day. St. Louis County Circuit Judge Nellie Ribaudo ruled that a Blafrican-American 13% hyphenated double-A minority man named Kendall R. Cooks, age 38, was found guilty of felony counts of first-degree assault and armed criminal action alongside a misdemeanor count of property damage for the incident that took place in Chesterfield, Missouri on January 9th, 2019. He's been waiting for over two and a half years to be found guilty of being a thug, criminal, attacking animal. Kendall R. Cooks attacked a McDonald's manager about 90 minutes after his daughter was fired by the manager of the McDonald's, Jeffrey Jackson, for not wearing the correct work attire, and using inappropriate language in front of customers, according to a local television station. Well, imagine that. Homegirl come to work without her proper uniform on, and when the manager tell her something, she get mad, and then she start cussing and using inappropriate language in front of the customers. And then the manager did what the manager was proposed to do. He be done fired her. And then, according to this article, Following his daughter's firing, the 38-year-old African-American man and several others drove to the Mickey D's outlet, and Mr. Cooks picked up a five-foot-long wooden and metal rake from a nearby dumpster. He blocked in Jackson's car, which the manager was occupying during his break, and smashed the driver's side window of the vehicle with that rake before striking the manager multiple times, according to Judge Ribaudo's ruling. Part of that attack was filmed on Jackson's dashboard camera, and evidence from photos showed glass and blood inside the victim's vehicle following this heinous attack by the Blafrican-American 13% hyphenated double-A minority father of the young woman who was fired for being a thug herself. Jackson told the court that he was hospitalized for a week following the attack and has had to undergo five surgeries to repair his vision. He lost one of his eyes as a consequence of the incident, which he proved to the judge by popping out his prosthetic eye. Just like that. Cooks alleged that Jackson pushed his daughter out of the door of the fast food restaurant after Jackson fired her and told authorities that although he was angry, he did not intend to insult anyone. 
After viewing surveillance footage from inside the Mickey D's location, Judge Rabaudo said, Although there was contact between Jackson and Cook's daughter after the manager slipped, no one shoved anyone. Cook's shook his head when the guilty verdict was delivered by Rabaudo, and he faces up to 30 years in prison when he will be sentenced on August 11th. Would you like eyes with that? There's a sad story in the news today, but before I read it, I want to play this for you. Hola, Pedro. Are you ready for the basketball game at the Coronado High School tonight? Si, Pepe. I have been ready to go there and represent our escuela, Orange Glean, for some time now. I hear they have the free lunch program over there. Me too, Pedro. I hear they have a Taco Tuesday every week. And on Sabado, the games for the championship, they have a flying tortillas throughout the game. It's better than the stale popping corn that we have thrown at us at our home game in Orange Aglin. Si, si, Pedro. That popping corn is getting old. I want to play basketball at Coronado for the free flying tortillas. Hey, Pepe, do you worry about the stereotype of the tortillas and being a racist? And no, 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 Pedro. I just want those free tortillas. My madre has packaged some taco meat and some chips and some salsa for me to take to the game on my backpack. It's going to be a good meal after the game. And even if we are losing, we still are winning. We're getting the free tortillas. <laughs> That's right, boys and girls. The flying taco incident that we told you about last week in the news has been brought back to the headlines. I'm going to go out on a limb and attempt to link this particular flying tortilla story in a comparative fashion to former President Donald Trump. I know it's a stretch, Steve Z, but here we go. You might recall last week I ran a story about a basketball team in California who won a state basketball championship and that there were some flying tortillas thrown onto the court by some Caucasian spectators because the losing team happened to be primarily Hispanic. Well, there's a second half to our story, and following that, I will attempt to make a Trump connection for you. A mostly white high school basketball team from Coronado High School in Southern California has been stripped of its regional title after tortillas were thrown at a predominantly Latino opposing team following a championship game last month. This according to officials. The executive director of the California Interscholastic Federation said, quote, After a thorough review and analysis of the incident following the conclusion of the Division 4A Regional Basketball Game Championship between Coronado High School and Orange Glean High School, the discriminatory and racially insensitive behaviors towards an opponent contravened the principles of education-based athletics. As I reported on an earlier episode of the Truth Hurts program, back on June 19th, the Orange Glen High School's predominantly Hispanic team lost a championship game to a largely white Coronado High School basketball team. After the game, some members of the Coronado crowd allegedly threw tortillas at the opposing team's athletes following several heated disputes on the basketball court according to witnesses and video footage. Stop. 
stop. Just, just stop for a minute. What do a crowd of unruly spectators have to do with the fact that the Coronado basketball team beat the asses of the Orange Glen High School team? The answer is absolutely nothing, my friends. There is zero participation of tortilla flinging recorded by members of the team, the staff, the coaches, none whatsoever. So why punish the students who obviously worked hard, trained hard, and played hard enough to win a basketball game because of the actions of some morons in the stands? Because of the cancel culture, because of the lies of systemic racism, and because of Donald Trump, of course. What? Hear me out, people. Remember on January 6, 2021, when Donald Trump was giving a very impassioned, pro-American, pro-patriotic speech at the Ellipse, an open-air place across town from the Capitol? Remember while Donald Trump was giving his speech, some unruly peckerheads, both Trump supporters and Trump haters, were at that same moment breaking a few laws at the U.S. Capitol building, sitting on Nancy Pelosi's chair, tipping over a file cabinet or a lampshade, claiming that Donald Trump incited insurrection. The media and the Democrats tried and mainly succeeded in pinning the rap on Donald Trump, claiming he incited the riot, the violence, the destruction, the damage, the insurrection. But Donald Trump did no such thing. In fact, he was impeached for doing so and was found not guilty. His impeachment was overturned. He was acquitted. Well, it's the same damn thing here in this small, unusual basketball stage. The team did nothing wrong. The team will unfortunately lose its title, its prestige, its victory, its honor. And the team will forever be labeled inaccurately as racist when the racism occurred in the stands, having absolutely nothing to do with the team. The team and its athletic staff will now be required to complete a sportsmanship workshop, which includes training on racial and cultural insensitivity. No parents are required, no spectators, no fans. No visitors will be required to do so. But the team and the staff of the school, who did nothing wrong at all, are being demonized, vilified, and punished for the actions of a few morons flinging some old El Paso onto the basketball court. The path towards real change comes with the development of empathy for those who are on the receiving end of this type of degrading and demeaning behavior and free tortillas, no matter the proffered intent of that behavior. This according to a statement from the school system. It continues, In this instance, there is no doubt the act of throwing tortillas, those yummy tasty treats, at a predominantly Latino team is unacceptable and warrants sanctions. You're wrong. There is a doubt. Because the basketball players, the coaches, the water boy, the team manager, the announcer, 
the school staff had nothing at all to do with flinging a few tortillas onto a basketball court. Oh, imagine. This was kind of a third or fourth page headline. Imagine had the team been all white and they were throwing now and laters or watermelon or fried chicken wings to a predominantly black team. This would be the stuff of burning down a high school material and would get 24 hour a day, seven day a week, 36 weeks of coverage on the Communist News Network or PMS NBC or one of the other liberal news outlets. The race card, my friends, is more powerful than an AR-15, apparently, and that is a shame. What's for lunch, guys? Tacos? Soft tacos? On soft flour tortillas? Help me in. By day, in the presence of his co-workers, his bosses, his customers, and others, in public, where appearance is everything, and personal beliefs, opinions, and thoughts are forbidden, John Q. Public, the Caucasian conservative co-worker, gives everyone the impression that he is woke. Good morning, everyone. Let's have a great, inclusive day. But in the evenings, when he's alone, or with family, or close friends, John Q. Public reveals his true colors rebel colors. Out comes the Confederate flag, the Dixie beer, the Leonard Skinner songs, and all of that pent-up anger at progressivism, liberalism, communism, socialism, and feel-good crap goes out the window. Better than any counter-espionage spy movie ever made. Somewhere in a neighborhood or bar or bowling alley near you, it's John Quick. Quick to hush up about his true beliefs when a black person comes around. And there I was, minding my own business, when these two criminal thug black birds singing in the dead of night take these broken wings. Okay, they're gone. Thug criminals just decided to carjack my neighbor. Quick to change the subject when a gay person passes by. I tell you what, fellas, all this new woke progressivism is really getting to be a wonderful thing. It's awesome. I mean, I think that we're more enlightened as a country now. Okay, they're gone. I just can't stand all of these homosexuals and biracial commercials. They're driving me nuts. Quick to change his verbal opinions on a dime, John Quick is proving that you can and must lead a double life in America. So why does John Quick do it? Simple. Survival. In order to keep his job and keep his home from being burned to the ground, John Q, <clears throat> John Quick, must be keenly aware of his surroundings, knowledgeable about who might be listening, and always ready to deny and defend his true beliefs about the lies of systemic racism, white privilege, and governmental interference in the Democratic Republic for which he stands. Coming soon to a private conversation near you, John Q. Public is John Quick, by necessity. This movie is rated double R for ridiculously race-baiting. Yes, I can't wait to see that movie. But it's really true, folks. It's what happens in our country right now. You, if you are white, Caucasian, Christian, heterosexual, you know, straight, not gay, not a transgender, not some aberrant freak of nature, you are not entitled to your opinion. You are not entitled to express your beliefs. You are not allowed to speak unless you tote the progressive leftist line 
of inclusiveness for all and admit your white guilt. Admit and denounce your white privilege and admit that you should be punished for simply living in America. Yes, it's perfectly okay for the queers, the transgenders, the gays, the lesbians, the cross-dressers to go out in freakish fashion and do whatever and say whatever the hell they want in public and you do not have a right to disagree with them whatsoever. Ever. You, as a white male, are supposed to cower in fear and claim that anything you have ever said that might possibly be construed as mean-spirited, as racist, as bigoted, as homophobic, as not inclusive, should be called out and you should be publicly punished and ridiculed for your opinion. You should not say, I'm sick and tired of biracial commercials that make someone from another planet who would be visiting this nation think, well, every household has a black man and a white woman. What's the matter? Are there not enough good black women to go out with black men? You're seeking the white woman? Steve, that's racist. No, it's not. It's a simple question that I'm entitled to ask. You see, my right to free speech is protected by the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. Oh, that doesn't count for white people? My apologies. I am not supposed to express my dislike for seeing two men openly fondle one another and stick their tongues down each other's throats because it makes me sick to my stomach? The gays always say it's gross to see a man kissing a woman, but they're entitled to that opinion. I, as a Christian, conservative, heterosexual, white male, am apparently not entitled to my opinion. We must shut up. We must keep our thoughts private, lest we be judged by those minorities who claim they were oppressed and that their right to speech was kept down all these years. Now they are doing exactly the same thing to the white males in this country, and they're using reparations and justified revenge to get away with it. That is a double standard. Somewhere in America, there is a poor child in a marginalized community living off of government assistance in a federally subsidized Section 8 house, receiving free breakfast, free lunch, and free after-school snacks in an air-conditioned public school building, using a free government-provided laptop and carrying a free Obama phone. And when this young child gets home tonight after getting off of the free bus ride home from school, he'll likely eat a healthy dinner thanks to the SNAP Benefits EBT food stamps program and have a large sum of money directly deposited into his mother or grandmother's account from multiple federal agencies like welfare, social security supplemental income, crazy checks and others. He will sleep in an air-conditioned Section 8 home thanks to minority utility assistance payments paid for by other full-paying utility customers. 
He'll have a nice new pair of blue jeans, an autographed basketball star jersey, and a nice flat-brimmed cap to wear. But alas, something will be missing. Because he is a minority, marginalized child, he won't have a brand new $400 pair of the latest air shock-filled basketball star sneakers. Why? Because you are a white supremacist racist, and you should have white guilt. And because you are a racist white person, that marginalized minority child will have to go to school tomorrow in sneakers from a lesser basketball star instead of the top player in the game. For just $180 per month, you can make a difference in a minority child's life. You could be the beacon of white light in an otherwise dark racist world. Your $180 monthly support payment will be used to purchase state-of-the-art brand new sneakers for a minority marginalized child somewhere in an inner city who might otherwise be bullied and ridiculed for wearing last year's B-rated sneakers in an A-rated sneaker society. And your $180 per month contribution will also help an impoverished third world country's slave labor workers who make less than one eighth of one penny for each pair of high-end sneakers they are forced to produce. Please pick up the phone now and call the marginalized sneaker subsidy program today at 1-800-4-KICKS to start your monthly contribution of just $180 per month. When you make this small sacrifice, you'll ensure that a marginalized minority child in a nearby inner city will receive a brand new pair of top-end sneakers modeled after their hero, a black basketball star, of course. No, it won't make them walk any better, but look in the eyes of a disadvantaged child, and that should be enough reward for your white race's centuries of supremacy and racism. Call now. Operators are standing by. That's 1-800-4-KICKS. It could mean the end of bullying in the inner city schools and the beginning of an end to your white guilt. Call 1-800-4-KICKS in the next 10 minutes and we'll send you a photograph of a minority child wearing brand new sneakers that were not stolen in a looting riot, but rather were generously given out of the generosity of your white guilt. New shoes could mean a lot to a marginalized minority youth in your country. New shoes for them could help you walk off that well-earned white guilt. So call now. Operators are standing by. Well, it appears we've run a little long on the Truth Hurts program for this Friday before the Independence Day holiday. I don't think it harmed you too much. Go out there and have a great Independence Day, 4th of July holiday weekend, and we'll see you probably on Tuesday, unless I get a wild hair over my three-day paid weekend to do a program here or there. We'll see you next time. Make it a great day. Thank you for listening. The opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2021, The Truth Hurts Network.